two of the Bill Michaels Show. How are we looking? Good stuff. First hour, we went from Lorenzo Kane and the Packers OTAs to Roger Goodell, Daniel Snyder being called on to Capitol Hill, John Gruden's case moving forward, which means the commissioner can be deposed openly, and now another lawsuit being filed against Deshaun Watson, and the woman claims that she was being paid to stick her finger in the rear end while he did certain things, and uh, it, and then it gets more detailed even beyond that. Good gracious. That's the first hour. Let's bring some sense and sanity Back to the program, shall we? Uh, let's bring in our good friend uh, Mark Daniels, WNFL in Green Bay, uh, on the program. Mark, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Bill? Well, we're doing okay. We're we're kind of uh, hanging in there. What a what a weird morning. Yeah, you know the whole Washington thing is just really ridiculous. You know, I think it's going to become pretty evident how. Goodell and a lot of the other owners, Jerry Jones in particular, he's really tight with Dan Snyder, have done everything they could to protect that guy, and they may all go down because of it. Uh, which, again, uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. When you start to look, you got 32 teams. you got Stephen Ross allegedly paying coaches to lose. Same thing with Jimmy Haslam. you got Daniel Snyder basically giving you a hostile work environment and kiting money for himself. Jerry Jones with his own self of issues. I mean, it, this is, it's like all of a sudden all the armor is falling off the NFL, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the shield was pretty thick there for a long time, but uh, it's been penetrable, let's put it that way. Uh, whether it's, I don't want to just say the Me Too movement. I mean, what what happened in Washington, according to all the testimony there from the women that were it's just deplorable, obviously. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson figuring he can do what he pleases with all kinds of masseuses, uh, allegedly. Uh, it's just it's just crazy. Uh, you know, there was a time, Bill, I don't know if you were around in the 80s, but the Green Bay Packer team had more stories, you know, off the field and in courtrooms than they had on the field there for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, thankfully, they've gotten beyond that. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, this Packers team and the OTAs. And things have, for the most part, been relatively quiet, but... Give me some of your, let's just say, observations. Really like Romeo Dobbs. Uh, I'm really, he's, yeah. Every time I've seen the guy, and I've watched what the two rookie camp practices, and we've had two open sessions uh, during the uh, two weeks of OTAs. The guy's made plays every time I've seen him, um, and he made some really nice ones yesterday. He was, uh, you know, battling. You know, Gale Forest wins trying to field punts, but so was Randall Cobb yesterday. I'll, you know, I'll excuse him for that. But, you know, in 11 out of 11s and in a two-minute drill with both the twos and the ones, uh, you know, he made some grabs. A great back shoulder on a tough catch. Uh, and then, you know, that was with Benkert. And then with Jordan Love uh, in another series a series later, two over the middle in traffic, you know, pulled him away from people. It was impressive. So um, I I wanted to get into when you talk about Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, obviously the guy that's got all the eyes on him. But I said all along, Dobbs might end up being the guy before it all becomes said and done. Do you think that has a legitimate shot or do you like what you've seen out of this guy? Now, granted, we're so early into this process. I think they're all going to be okay. Uh, You know, uh, the question du jour, which has been the question of the month, you know, since, you know, Devontae Adams was traded was, you know, do they have wide receivers? I get it everywhere, every day. And I said, yeah, they've got a whole bunch of them. 
and I think, you know, if it was, you know, a young kid, Zach Wilson, you know, the Jets trying to throw to these guys who are brand new into the league, I'd, I'd really have reservations. But it's Aaron Rodgers, and I think he'll find a way. I, I talked to Cobb, you know, earlier this week, you know, and I asked him, uh, or last week, uh, first week of OTAs, I talked to Randall, and I, I just said, you know, do you think Aaron really needs to be here through these OTAs and, and, and through the offseason spring stuff? And he goes, yeah, you know, I, probably. But then again, no, he's been around, done that. And it's just another challenge, as he put it, for Rodgers to uh, get in sync with these guys as maybe as quickly as one single training camp. But uh, we kind of looked at each other. Well, this guy's been through some challenges before, and more often than not, he's risen up to meet him. So that's kind of how Cobb is thinking about this whole thing with the quarterback and these new receivers. That's interesting because it seems like everybody wants to say, yeah, you need to be here. You need to. You can't say mid-season. I'm not on the same page with these guys. When this is the time that relationships are built, and you start to learn about a guy both on and off the field, and yet nobody wants to say, "Yeah, he should be here." You know what I mean? In a perfect world, yeah, he should be here. But you know, Alexander's not here. Preston's not here. I mean, since the CBA, you know, was adopted, you know, back at what 2019, maybe for another ten years. I mean, this is it. These things are voluntary, and and that's just the way it is. Coaches want everybody here every minute of every day, obviously. Uh, players, veterans especially, oh, man, I'm putting 10 years of doing this stuff. I don't need to do this stuff, and they don't. So that's the way it is. Give me uh, your thoughts on the, the defense, because I know as much as we want to talk about the offense and the weaponry and everything that's been predicted about it, how much better do you think this defense is? I think it's going to be as good as how they kind of finished last year. I don't know if they're elite by any stretch, but they were playing pretty well and, and making things interesting. And I think Devondre Campbell with another athlete, every bit his size and length, you know, next to him in Quay Walker is very intriguing. I think suddenly it looks like there's plentiful potential bodies on the front line alongside Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry with, you know, obviously Devontae Wyatt, but T.J. Slayton, Jonathan Ford are gigantic. Jerron Reed is really enthused about being here. Uh, that position depth has certainly been strengthened. And then there's the secondary, which I think has the potential to be really, really good. I mean, Savage and Amos have gotten 3,000 snaps together. Um, Alexander, we know about him. Coming off the shoulder, I think he'll be fine. Douglas Stokes, I really like uh, what the potential is for that defense to take another big step. Uh, you, you bring up Reed over on the defensive front. I find him incredibly intriguing and maybe one of the unsung signings by Brian Gutekinds this offseason or a guy that he brought in unsung-wise because I still think that guy can have a pretty solid impact because I go back to the year, and I'm not saying they're winning a Super Bowl because of it, but remember they had they had brought in B.J. Raji, they had Ryan Pickett, they had Cullen Jenkins, C.J. Wilson. You go through that list of big bodies that they had up front, and they had a rotation of guys that they could get a breather every now and then. They didn't have to be every down guys, you know, right. first through fourth down and such. And, that was and it Howard seems like Green they've got that, that rotation. Howard Green, right. It seems yeah, like they've got the big bodies up, again. Yeah, he was the guy that hit Ben's arm that Nick Collins took in for the pick six. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, Santana Dotson is another one. They had Richie White, okay? And then Wolf went out and got a guy that, oh, you know, okay, showed some ability in Tampa for a few years. But Dotson really uh, 
melded well and, and really kind of just solidified that whole defensive front as Gilbert Brown emerged and everything else. So that D-line, too, got uh, just a – I'm not saying completely under the radar signing in free agency, but Reed is – He's a second-level free agent. Nobody was crawling all over to get him. Uh, and I think, like I said, I talked to him, too, and he's, he's really enthused about being here. And, uh, and, I, and I think he could give these guys some pretty good snaps. I'm not saying a lot of snaps. I don't think he's a three-down, every-down defensive lineman. But as you said, a rotation that keeps him fresh. Uh, you know, look how Tampa Bay's building the line, you know, getting the team hits now. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of bodies carries you a long way. Talking with uh, Mark Daniels, WNFL in Green Bay, at Mark Daniels, WNFL. You can read his stuff there over on Twitter. Uh, we mentioned Quay Walker. I like him, and I, I'm i not going to say that he's going to be as good as, but he reminds me a little bit of Roquan Smith, and it's difficult for defenders to come in and be impact players as rookies right away, but Roquan Smith was able to do it for the Bears. Do you think Quay Walker, alongside Devondre Campbell, getting that tutelage, Chris Barnes there as well as a backup, not having the pressure on him, do you think he's going to be any kind of an impact player? I don't think he's as uh, mean-spirited as Roquan Swift uh, as, as far as a guy that's going to blow up running plays. I think he's going to be a guy that chases things down. Uh, but I think there's going to be uh, there's going to be some growing pains there. Don't forget, this guy was just a special teamer, you know, at Georgia, really until last year, a uh, part-time player until last season when he just took on the position and played great on a great defense. Now, uh, so he doesn't – he has experience, but not a ton. So I'm, I'm really kind of hesitant to think this guy is gonna, just going to show up and, and wow us uh, from that Viking game September 11th. I think it's going to be a, a real process for him. Uh, I want to go back to what uh, Matt LaFleur had to say yesterday, couple that with what Brian Gudikins said not that long ago, talking about – uh, David Bakhtiari, and I know the question has come out numerous times to say, but he's going to be ready, and they almost seem irritated by the question, but nobody has said, oh, David's fine. He's going to be ready to go, no problem, barring any kind of a major setback. Does, do what they're saying right now, does it give you confidence that Bakhtiari is going to be ready come training camp, or are you kind of listening to it and maybe there's a hesitation there that they're not really sure what he's going to be come training camp? You know, unless what they told us, you know, in December last year uh, when he had the tweak and the setback, if that was another major surgery, and no one's really come out and said anything about that other than it might have been just a scope or whatever to kind of just clean up some scar tissue, but that was another major operation. Yeah, then I do have reservations. I mean, it was a year ago at this time, Bakhtiari was out there doing what we're seeing Bobby Tunyon and Elton Jenkins doing this week. And that's rehab work on the side where they're running and jumping and hopping and looking really smooth. And everyone was going, wow, Bakhtiari is way ahead of schedule. And it never worked out through the entire 2021 season. Now here we are again a year later, and he's still not doing any work. I've got some reservations, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be uh, full go by July. And if not, then I think we're talking uh, maybe career-threatening kind of thing. But I don't want to go quite mm-hmm. that far yet. But it's still... Interesting that he's doing nothing more than he was doing a year ago at this time, and he was only six months removed from surgery. Now he's 18 months removed, and he's still not doing anything. 
The uh, you mentioned Robert Tanyan and where his progression is. I think they're going to rely on him when he does come back because they don't have that big time weapon at tight end like they would like to have to offset maybe what they're lacking in the wide receiver department. When do you think we're going to see the return of Bobby Tanya before it's all said and done? Sometime October is my guess, Bill, to tell you the truth, but you are right. He is a, an integral part of this offensive plan. There's no question about it. Right now they've got just a collection of guys who could do a little something of what Tanyan does all over the field. He's a much more well, he's the most well-rounded tight end. I mean, Deguara's the nice little route runner. Daphne's the blocker. Mercedes is the blocker. Uh, you know, Tyler Davis, they seem to be talking him up quite a bit. You know, he's a fluid runner and things like that. Nice catcher, maybe downfield guy. But Tunyon is all of that. So really do you. And they need him as fast as possible. Then you've got a guy like Sammy Watkins, uh, obviously the veteran. I And I don't know what we're going to get out of him, what we're going to see out of him. But uh, give me your thoughts on Sammy Watkins. And obviously we haven't had a chance to really see a whole lot of him come OTAs. No, the last I saw Sammy Watkins was, uh, geez, sitting on the bench in Baltimore. So I have no right. idea. And the way they've got that contract structured, you know, if they look at him for a couple of weeks this summer and, you know, screw this, uh, you know, uh, Samari Toure might be better off than Sammy Watkins. They won't hesitate to just cut their losses. It's a very team-friendly deal. It won't take them much, you know, to swallow what they did to get them. So uh, Watkins is really on a, on a prove-it kind of situation uh, in the Packers' eyes and in my eyes. I mean, he's he's had some nice seasons, hasn't stayed healthy, but he's clearly been on the decline the last two years. Not a good sign. Do you look at him as a guy that gets rejuvenation because he's working with a guy like Aaron Rodgers? He's finally got a quarterback that's accurate, that can put the ball into a small window, can give him opportunities? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think there's uh, something to that. We really haven't had a whole lot of uh, guys like that come in, you know, and just get rejuvenated by Aaron Rodgers because it's always been guys they've, you know, drafted and developed at the position. Uh, that have risen to, to stardom and, and and big money and all that sort of thing. So this is kind of a little different twist, and uh, and I think it yeah behooves Watkins to uh, to make the most of this opportunity with a really really good quarterback. Great stuff as always, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, look forward to seeing you up there real soon when I get a chance to get up to uh, either an OTA or a camp. Okay. All right. We'll see you, Bill. Appreciate it, buddy. There you go. Mark Daniels, WNFL in Green Bay. You can find him over on Twitter at Mark Daniels, WNFL at Mark Daniels, WNFL. Joining us on the hotline, giving us his thoughts and the lowdown on the Green Bay Packers and what's going on OTA-wise. Did not get into the whole match. I I think everybody's going to pay attention to it at some point. Everybody's going to watch a little bit of it. We're going to wait and see if anything controversial was said. It's going to be analyzed. It's going to be scrutinized. It's going to be over-dramatized and... Then uh, then comes Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and we move on with our lives after the fact, and we wait and see if for the mandatory minicamp, Aaron Rodgers shows up. I mean, that's going to be what it is. There you have it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Uh, they were just featured on CBS 58 in Milwaukee, and a beautiful place. The patio is now open. The docks are now open. And uh, they've got music over there. They've got a great musical lineup. You can find Sunset Grill Pewaukee on Facebook as well. Go to Sunset Grill Pewaukee on Facebook. And I finally, finally had a guy uh, uh, that was a, a listener. He said, I, I went in and I asked Trish about the leather pants. I said, what was her response? 
you got to go do it yourself to see what her response is. But pretty funny. Good stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. Uh, getting after it today on this uh, on this day in which the NFL is pretty much under siege in so many different areas. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Coming to uh, the Summerfest grounds, uh, American Family Amphitheater coming up next Tuesday night. Sticks, Ario Speedwagon, Loverboy, they're all going to be there. So if you want to get a throwback to the 70s and the 80s and rock music, there you go. They're going to be in town uh, at the uh, the Summerfest grounds in Milwaukee. That's coming up uh, next Tuesday. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at TheNiceAsh.com. TheNiceAsh.com. If you want a cigar, good. They have really, if you're a whiskey, bourbon, Scotch connoisseur, you got to head down. They collect them. Uh, everything from Pappy to Bullet, you name it, they've got it. Everything in between. And all you got to do is stop in, uh, tell them we said hi, go in and sit back, relax in those big leather chairs, have yourself a cigar, just watch some sports. Or on the weekend, they've got entertainment, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, even, even if you don't smoke a cigar, that's fine. No big deal. Go down there and enjoy yourself because it's not one of these real smoky you know, type of places where you're going to walk away all stinky or anything like that. No, it's not like that at all. I'm telling you, give it a shot. TheNiceAsh.com. That's TheNiceAsh.com. Uh, so the um, the the uh, Scott was saying about the, uh, the additional lawsuit that's been filed now uh, against Deshaun Watson. Uh, another civil lawsuit filed against Deshaun Watson today per the complaint. Uh, she changed her mind about suing after seeing the HBO Real Sports special, uh, but it was Watson himself claiming that even now he has, quote, no regrets and has done nothing wrong. That solidified her resolve. Uh, Scott says her lawsuit's ridiculous if she did the deeds and was paid. End of story. Uh, her regress was to not do these things. Um, I, I don't know. The lawsuit, very explicit allegations during multiple messages. The plaintiff alleged that Watson was asking her, not that she did, but asking her to go and put her finger uh, in the, uh, as if she was giving him a colonoscopy, uh, and then to do certain things while he did certain things, and then to have sex with him after the fact. And so when she was massaging him, she's not saying that she did those things, that he then began grabbing her between her legs and it kind of goes on from there. And also that uh, this Dion Lewis, the owner of the spa, was providing women to Watson as basically, basically hookers, prostitutes. And Watson paid Dion Lewis uh, 5000 bucks for her seeking out these women 
So I, I don't know what she did and didn't do, but uh, but uh, she's she's giving some ammunition, I guess, to the uh, to the lawsuits that have been filed against uh, Deshaun Watson, and she is saying that she has the the text messages and such to prove it. So if that's the case, oh boy, now we wait and see what goes on from there. Now we wait and see. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, do so. Hey, coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to start to hear from some of the guys at the OTAs. Uh, uh, A.J. Dillon yesterday ended up speaking to the media. We're going to hear a little bit from him. So that's going to be coming up here a little bit later on. Uh, also, uh, you've got uh, Jerron Winfrey. Um, you've got Mason Crosby, Russell Douglas, all speaking. So we've got all of that coming up. So, yeah, with uh, should be should be pretty good. We're going to hear from some of these guys coming up here after the bottom of the hour. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Robert writes, uh, "Hey, unit, with all of these lawsuits flying around, who do you think escapes any type of misconduct?" Robert. I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer for you to say, oh, this is done. This guy's done. Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended uh, with this additional lawsuit. And now this woman claiming that she has the text messages and such, then that would be pretty damning. Deshaun Watson, most likely, if he was, a, if, we were sitting here talking before uh, last week uh, about how many games we think he'll get suspended. Uh, I was saying between four and six, Ben had chosen eight or more. I got to think it's going to be eight or more games now, uh, if not for an entire season. I got it. And he won't be paid. When you're suspended, you're not paid. So I got to think that a suspension for Deshaun Watson is coming. With the Daniel Snyder situation, now that he has been called to Capitol Hill, and the way I understand it, I started looking uh, looking up during the break. When you testify before a House subcommittee, you're testifying. You're under oath. You can read your Miranda rights, and if you choose to take the fifth, they have the right to basically say, okay, well, we're going to jail you. So you have to testify. Your lawyer can be present, and you can say certain things such as, I... Um, will not, you know, incriminate myself. If we indeed you're talking about, you know, a criminal liability here, but you, for the most part, you you got to tell the truth. I got to think that Daniel Snyder is not going to come out of this looking very good. Also, when it comes to uh, the commissioner, the commissioner is going to be asked about blocking the investigation. That's what's coming. We're going to find out. The NFL has put out a PR piece, okay? Tom Palacero put out the original tweet about uh, the House subcommittee asking, you know, the NFL now to, to come and Roger Goodell now to come on Capitol Hill. Um, the House Oversight Committee's request for Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder to appear at the June 22nd hearing. The NFL says we have received these invitation this morning. We'll respond directly in a timely manner. The NFL has, has cooperated extensively 
throughout the committee's lengthy investigation of the Washington commanders, including by producing more than 460,000 pages of documents and responding to numerous questions in writing and in conversations with the committee staff. The committee is saying, no, you've been you've been evasive and uncooperative. So remember, there was the, originally there was the um, statement of 650,000 emails that the NFL investigated, while the NFL is saying there's 460,000 pages of documents. That leaves 200,000 pages of documentation that the, the House committee has not seen. So they're saying, look, you're cooperating, but you're cooperating with the stuff that you want to cooperate with. You're not cooperating fully, and you're not giving us what we want because you know it's detrimental to your case. So I got to think that the NFL is uh, probably sitting in a little bit of hot water right now as well. I think Roger Goodell escapes the House subcommittee. What I don't know if Roger Goodell will escape is the open depositions that can now be taken in Las Vegas in the case of John Gruden against the NFL and Roger Goodell. Because now Roger Goodell is going to have to answer questions under oath, and they can request any documentation that the, the, they believe the NFL to have against John Gruden and what their claims have been. Uh, and I said this a long time ago. We talked about this. When the NFL put, out, put this out about John Gruden, they thought they got the guy. You know, like, <laughs> we got him. And I said at the time, oh, no, you now have ex- exposed yourself. Because in an investigation searching into the background of Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders, and all you could find was John Gruden? No. No, that that was vendetta-esque because Gruden has been so outspoken against the commissioner. So now Gruden can say, okay, we've gotten the courts to agree. You can appeal it, but chances are you're going to lose, which means we're going to be allowed to ask for everything. And if you don't give it to us, you're in contempt of court, which is not going to look good in the court of public opinion, and it's going to look even worse to any of the owners to say what the hell is going on behind closed doors, and this might ultimately cost Roger Goodell his job. Hopefully that's that's just what's happened in the last 24 hours. How about that? Uh, we're going to get into uh, some of the voices that you want to hear coming out of the locker room up in Green Bay uh, at the OTAs. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin and well beyond the borders. If you got it, you know it, okay? All you got to do is call 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451. Give them a shout. They can help you. And it's one number for all the locations, 414-455-4451. If you feel sluggish and moody and tired and you're like, ah, just go in. If you're over the age of 30, get your numbers checked to see if you have low testosterone, low T. All right? They can help you out with that as well. Or how about the all-in-one weight loss program? It works. Just follow it. I'm telling you, it works. And they give you an acceleration program. They give you a hand up. That You go through all of this and you, it, it, um, trust me, it, it really does work. And all you got to do is make a phone call. It starts with a phone call, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center. Stay tuned. We got more after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Hey, all they want to do is say thank you. The Milwaukee Admirals, uh, they do appearances all over the state of Wisconsin. They had a really good year this year. Unfortunately, it came to an end just a little bit early. They did not get to a Calder Cup, but if you want uh, season tickets for next year, you want to bring out some of the Admirals to your uh, place of business, uh, you want to visit with some of the owners, uh, you want to see them uh, on tour throughout the state, uh, maybe at the Wisconsin State Fair or what have you, uh, for everything that is the Admirals, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Huge supporter uh, of many different things when it comes to um, you know veterans affairs and children's charities and such. But check out our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals, and congratulations on a really, really solid season. Um, so let's get into some things that are a little bit more pleasant anyway uh, to discuss. And that is uh, the fact that the OTAs are going on up in Green Bay. And uh, A.J. Dillon, uh, Packers running back, uh, sat down and, and had a chance to chat with the media a little bit yesterday and discuss some of the things that, uh, you know, he, he's got going on right now and looking back on last season. And uh, he was asked, uh, has he noticed anything different about uh, the quarterback that is in camp? And that is Jordan Love this spring. Oh, yeah. He's got a swagger back. I love it. I love it for him. Uh, I love it for the team. Uh, you know, knowing Jordan before we even got drafted, uh, and it just worked out that, you know, we got drafted together as friends, you know, teammates. Um, something I've always I wanted for him was, you know, to just obviously there's a lot going on and stuff. And, but, you know, he, like he said uh, last week or whatever when you guys interviewed him, right now he, he's taking the most of his opportunity just like everybody should. So I'm excited to see him get out there. Give his bad throws out the way and make some great throws. Like, this is what this is for. It's to get better, it's to make mistakes. And we got a long time until we're playing a game. And so, just get him out there. He's calling the plays. He's taking those one snaps and throwing it. You can see him getting confident. You can see him having fun with it. And so, uh, you know, I'm really excited for him. So, his swagger is back. Which, on one hand, you're like, oh, that's great. On the other hand, I'm thinking, why did he lose his swagger? When you first heard that, Ben, didn't you ask yourself, well, wh- why would Jordan Love lose his swagger? Was it because he just didn't play well last year? Yeah, or I I don't know. It's weird. I don't know whether to focus on the fact that he had swagger to start or if he then refound it. <laughs> right. And I don't mean that as a shot, just as the guy that, you know, objectively yeah. hasn't done much. That Exactly. I That, that was my first reaction was, wait a minute, what, what swagger, what? That, you know, and I'm not faulting A.J. Dillon. I'm not saying it's bad or whatever. I, I just I just found that a very interesting comment. Uh, then A.J. Dillon did say, uh, you know, he was asked, hey, beside the playbook, are you working on, you know, that vision? Are you working on downfield? What are you working on as a running back? I guess the plays, the X's and O's, it's more just, you know, how can I see what the defense is doing? How can I? have an idea so it's more than just instincts and natural ability but now understanding what I'm going to go against who's going to block where uh, to buy myself some extra time uh, will really help out uh, and then uh, the reaction because NFL experts are saying that the Green Bay Packers yeah they don't have any weapons on offense <laughs> I haven't been <laughs> reading up enough <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> right Right? That's kind of crazy. Just, uh, you know, saying that they don't have... Look, they may not have the same amount of weapons, but they have weapons. I mean, you'd be crazy to to think that they they don't for 
in, in all honesty, and he was asked how good the Packers offense can be in 2022 without Devontae or MVS. Uh, I think we can be exceptional. Um, obviously, we, there's still so much work to do, but, you know, we got weapons up and down the offense, um, defense too, but obviously I work with the offense every day. Um, I mean, everybody's so capable of playing, and the great thing is I think we have a lot of depth, especially speaking in the running back room. Uh, we got five, six guys in there that are all capable to play at a high level, and uh, we're pushing each other every day. So I'm really excited about our group, really excited about the offense as a whole. Uh, I think we're, we got a lot of weapons for sure. So looking back, I mean, you've had an entire offseason to let it kind of sink in. Are you still bitter about what happened regarding the 49ers at Lambeau Field? Of course. Uh, not in a sense that we're you know down about it, but it's definitely motivation, motivation going forward. Um, the year before as well. I mean, now going into year three, uh, we've been right there, been right there on the cusp. And so uh, definitely a lot of motivation uh, when we look back on it. But, you know, once again, um, that's what times like this are. You look back at how you can improve, things you could have done better, um, and then you try to make it come to fruition. Um, we'll try to have it all together by the season start. And then the question, because uh, the broken rib on the kick return against the 49ers, so uh, the question is, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur has committed at least he, again this year to say, hey, look, we're going to put the best people out there. If we have to use starters on special teams, we're going to do it. So how does A.J. Dillon, Dillon feel about that? Hey, it's football. He can get hurt doing anything, you know, and uh, I see people not playing football, getting hurt, walking to the walking to the mailbox. So that's just life. That's just the way it goes. But um, like I've always said, I'm capable and willing to do anything to help the team uh, win. So if it's special teams that they want me to kick, I can't throw. That's one thing I won't be doing. But, you know, whatever they need me to do, uh, I'm ready, able to do it. And that's, you know, what we have here. we got a lot of guys that are capable and good teammates and willing to work. So how does he feel if he ends up, because if you don't have passing weaponry on the outside, chances are it's going to come from the guys in the backfield and they're going to try to move the ball that way because you're not going to take the ball out of the hands consistently anyway of the the two-time MVP, reigning uh, two-time MVP. So does he feel that, you know, how how does he feel about not getting the ball when it comes to handoffs and running running the ball, but more so passing out of the backfield? Uh, hey, if the ball gets to me, I'm going to go catch it. So I don't really decide on the uh, how many opportunities I get, but I thought I did a good job last year. That was something last year going into this point. That was something I really wanted to work on. Um, I still look back. I think I had like three out of I should have had. So, you know, I'm still working on that. I want to be perfect or close to it. Is he going to get more passes because Devontae's gone? Uh, I think any time the ball is thrown my direction, the opportunity. Uh, you know, I don't think our team has, at least in my time being here, it's never been like one guy. Uh, so, there, like I said, with all the weapons that we have, there's so many people um, ready to ready to make the most of their opportunity, whether it's running, catching, passing, throwing. Uh, we got a lot of depth. We got a lot of guys capable. So I think everybody's ready for that moment or opportunity whenever it happens. And then spending more time, how important is it spending more time not just uh, on the vision downfield running the football, but more uh, more so catching the football out of the backfield. It's definitely something I'm still trying to work on. Uh, I, I, coming in, I was always, you know, the big back, and I'm still am to a lot of people. The big back, only good for third and short, uh, things like that. And so I really want to be, and I think of myself as an APB all-purpose back, no matter what the situation. And I feel like last year was a good start, a good foothold, if you will. 
Uh, but like I said, there's still a couple opportunities. I wish I had uh, caught the ball and been in better placement, ran a route better. And so I'm happy with the improvement, but I'm so, you know, obviously still working on it. More from A.J. Dillon when we come back, and uh, we'll hear about his thoughts regarding uh, the strength of this team. After you get past Aaron Rodgers, what is their best strength? This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm looking out of them right now. You've been looking at them. If you've been uh, paying attention over on the Bud Light live stream, you've been looking out of them as well because those are Pella Windows and Doors that uh, just uh, sit here and observe the patio down below. And uh, they are fantastic. I've been telling you about them for a long, long time, whether it's keeping the cold out in the winter or the heat out in the summer. They're economical. They get the job done. And when I, you know, my house is is all Pella windows and doors all the time. The new entry door system, the uh, patio door that's going to be going in and finalizing this whole thing. Uh, I love it. I, I can't say enough about them. They're easy operation, easy to clean, easy to reach around. Screens pop in and out uh, easily. And not to mention the fact that uh, they beautify the home, they add value to the home, and they're economical. Uh, they they give me the best bang for my buck. So whether it's vinyl windows, uh, budget-friendly vinyl, vinyl windows Impervia, which is stronger than fiberglass, or the luxurious wood windows in three different styles. Pella has different styles, different windows, different casings to, to suit your needs, your budget, your financing, all that kind of stuff. Six different lines. That's not even including the different color interiors and the hardware and the different innovations like the roll screen and the slider window. So much to offer. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com and set up your free consultation today. In-home consultation, for that matter. Free. Or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. say uh, the uh, Wisconsin State Fair tonight for Wednesday Night Live, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Wednesday Night Live is back tonight, Madison County on the stage. I encourage you, right about 4 or 5 o'clock, stop over to Wrestling Taco. It's on 84th Street, just south of the main entrance of the Wisconsin State Fair Park. And uh, on 84th Street, stop in, say hi to Marcus and Nicole and everybody, get yourself some tacos, maybe a burrito, margarita, Hang out at the Wrestling Taco just before you head into uh, Wednesday Night Live tonight over at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Looking forward to it. That's brought to you by Bud Light, but the Wrestling Taco, that's just brought to you by really good people. So check out our friends Marcus and Nicole and everybody over at the Wrestling Taco tonight. 84th Street, just south of the main entrance, right there at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, A.J. Dillon continues uh, on with the media yesterday. So after Aaron Rodgers, his thought... What is the Packers' greatest strength on offense? You know, honestly, just like the willingness, and it's going to sound kind of cliche, but the willingness to just honestly go out and do anything. I mean, Aaron Jones was catching kick returns. Really, kick return? I mean, who knows? But, like, we got so many guys that are starters here, starters there, but are willing to do whatever it takes. And so I think when you, anytime you get a team like that, I mean, it doesn't matter what the score is or what the score is going into halftime or fourth quarter or two minutes left. 
and I think we got a lot of heart and a lot of uh, determination. And obviously, talking about last year, we got a lot of motivation going forward. So I think you combine all that, that's something people should definitely uh, be wary of, I guess. So here's one of the better questions, and that is, look, the Packers, they win the division every year. They're getting into the postseason. They're winning 13 games. But what are they missing? What's the next piece that keeps them from getting to a Super Bowl? Like I said, I can't speak on the culture before I was here. Um, but I just say, you know, the culture that we have is definitely, uh, I mean, it's the family. And it's one of those things where guys are unselfish. I think we also, obviously, I'm not up there in the big box, but also the, the way we draft. Like all the new guys coming in, they're all good people first. They're obviously great athletes, tremendous players, but they're great people of uh, each and every one of them. I had nothing but compliments to give to their personality, not the not even talking about their football uh, ability. So I think that's just kind of the culture that we have. And it's really fun to be a player and then be a teammate and talk to these guys every day. And I think anytime you're, you come in and you don't have any conflict, you don't have any beef, if you will, and you're just happy to go out there, even on the days where you're like, damn, I don't want to go to practice today. But everybody else is right there with you. So I think, uh, you know, we, we do a really good job as a culture here, have, well, having that culture here. So besides the vision as a ball carry and the receiving skills, what else does he specifically need to work on? I mean, yeah, yeah also like pass protection. Uh, just at BC, I didn't, wasn't really asked really to do much in the past game at all. Um, so just really honing in on that. That's what I talked about, the mental piece of understanding defenses, just so it's not like, oh, oh snap, he's coming now. Like, but anticipating if I see a coverage or a safety move over, uh, being able to anticipate those kind of things. So. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's a holistic approach. It's not, I'm trying to work on my game all together, but, you know, pass protection, pass blocking, even still running the ball. It sounds like I'm running straight up, and if I ran behind my pads, I'd get an extra two, three, five, who knows, a touchdown. So uh, just working on everything. And then uh, Kylan Hill. Last year, goes he was returning the ball pretty well uh, for kick returns. And uh, what did he think of Kylan Hill as a running back and as a returner before going down against the Cardinals? Hey, I mean, you saw flashes of it early. Uh, I think it was the, the Jets game where he scored on the screen. Uh, and then he's had, obviously had a good couple of good runs earlier on in the season. Um, he's like, I always joke around. I'm like, he's like a young Aaron Jones. Uh, he's just, they're both, you know, those really quick, agile backs. and uh, But they can both also deliver a blow. They're both strong. And, uh, you know, once again, great guy. So I'm really excited for him. Uh, I know how much it's hurting him to not be out there he loves football loves the game so i'm excited for him to get back and you know whenever he's healthy enough to full go and they give him the green light for him to show everybody what he has so let's go back to the beginning when he talked about the mojo getting his confidence back getting his swagger back regarding jordan love okay you got to follow up with that you got to say wait a minute wait a minute wait did jordan love like lose his confidence or his mojo early on in the season I don't know about losing Bojo. I just no, think it's, I just think it was more his first ever game. Yeah. You know, scary. I was bricks when I got out there for the first. <laughs> I was bricks the first whole the whole season my right. rookie year. So uh, I mean, it's just part of the game, and so that's why I'm happy. Like you know, get those bad throws out now. Go, go build the confidence. You know, figure out how to bounce back. And some everybody's still working on whether your first game or your tenth year. Everybody's working on how you can bounce back the quickest. And so that's part of being a pro. And I'm excited for him. There you go. So it wasn't so much that he lost it, he said, lost his confidence. It's the fact that he just didn't have a lot of it. And then the first game comes against Kansas City, and there you have it. So 
that at least answers a little bit of the question when he talks about getting uh, Jordan Love getting his swagger back, his mojo back, if you will. So good stuff. That was uh, A.J. Dillon. we got a lot more to go. we got a lot more people to hear from. You know, we do. Andy Herman, the Pack-A-Day podcast, coming up here at the bottom of the next hour. Stay tuned for that. We're going to hear more, though. we got got Mason Crosby, the old veteran who had some issues last year. You're going to hear from him coming up a little bit, too. Stay tuned. The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, What is that? Why don't you do a show from the AC Tap and have A.J. Dillon as a guest? I'd do that in a heartbeat. Do that in a heartbeat. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is all coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.